0: This is Channel 253. In this episode of Nerd Farmer.
1: I was surprised that Achy's, Chief Aki statement didn't go to the point of saying, and then individuals found themselves to be under the car because it was so disenfranchised and so separated from reality. A police officer backed up his car, revved the engine, floored it, and continued after he felt bodies under his wheel and left the scene.
0: Did you know Channel 253 is member supported? I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I hope you will show your support by going to channel253.com/slash membership and join. Thank you. This is the Nerd Farmer Podcast: a national conversation through a local lens.
2: This is Evelyn Lopez. Today we have an unplanned, unexpected, and frankly unwanted episode of Crossing Division and Nerd Farmer. So I'm going to call it Nerd Crossing. Here's I like why. it. I like it. Okay. Here's why. Today is Sunday, January 24th. Last night in Tacoma, just before 6:30 p.m. People were gathered at the intersection of 9th and Pacific Avenue. For those of you not in Tacoma, let me tell you, Pacific Avenue is the main road through downtown Tacoma. This is not a back road. This is not a highway. This is the main road in downtown Tacoma. At the intersection of 9th, which is the last intersection with a signal before you head down the hill and toward the waterfront. There were people in cars revving. I don't know what doing donuts. There were uh, you know friction marks, skid marks on the pavement of of uh, doing donuts. Six thirty in the evening. Not drag racing. Not late night activity. Six thirty p.m. And at some point, the Tacoma Police Department showed up. There were a lot of people there. People were around the Tacoma Police uh, SUV, very large SUV. We looked it up last night. It weighs about five thousand pounds. Um, And the police officer, we don't know why, we don't know exactly who yet, um, decided to run through the crowd, backed up the SUV, we have this on film, backed up the SUV, revved the motors, rammed forward, ran into the crowd. We have video showing the officer running over, driving over people, a body rolling in the street being driven over. videos everywhere, because it's Mm -hmm. 2021, outrage immediate. So we want to talk about this. My guests and co-hosts today, uh, Nate Bowling from Nerd Farmer. Nate, say hello, please. I
0: am excited to be here, and I have some takes also. Hello.
2: Excellent. Can't wait for your takes. And actually, also joining us today is Shannon McMinimi, who is Uh, Let me tell you, I'll just give you my version of Shannon. Shannon is someone I'd contacted uh, earlier in the week about doing an episode about risk management in Tacoma because I think risk management is getting in the way of leadership. And last night, we decided we had to just escalate that and have her here. Shannon is an attorney with Cedar Law with offices in Seattle and over in the Yakima area. Um, She is an expert on education law, but more importantly, from my perspective, she is one of the most knowledgeable people I know on constitutional law issues. So, Shannon, please say hello.
1: Hello, everyone. I am going to augment that a little bit with some interesting pieces of my background that I don't think a lot of people know. Uh, My first non-working, I grew up on a farm in eastern Washington, so my first non-work-for-family or farm work job was actually for the University of Washington Police Department. And I was the community half of the policing department, at, of the community police department. And then when I was in the Tacoma School District, I served as the district's general counsel and risk manager. And for a period of time also oversaw the district's security and safety functions. And so in that role, I supervised uh The person who was supervising a 12-person armed police force and facilitated and managed the contract between the Tacoma School District and the Tacoma Police Department for the presence of armed school resource officers in Tacoma Public Schools. And now our law firm, besides education and civil rights, which is our which is our big area, and really within the bubble of civil rights, is uh, engaged in impact litigation in Seattle against the city of Seattle, the Washington State Patrol, and King County, associated with the treatment of protesters uh, for the Black Lives protests this summer. So this this hit me in all the wheelhouses I've had uh, in my career with respect to. You know, my work in Tacoma and my you know interactions with law enforcement in the past and with respect to the weight of the vehicle, average SUV is about five thousand pounds. Law enforcement SUV is much heavier, larger engine, and then they're outfitted with roll cage or with the cage in the back and the light bars and all of that. So I'm guessing that that a Tacoma the SUV that that was involved last night is at least 6,000 pounds, probably closer to seven. Mm -hmm. And so I was instantly appalled, stunned and angry and more than happy to come on and talk with you about all of the different things at play. And I think, frankly, the huge liability problem that Tacoma Police Department and City of Tacoma are facing because of the city being led by fear of litigation, and that they're going to end up with a bigger problem in the long run.
2: Yeah, I think so too. Well, Nate, you are currently far, far away. Tell, tell me how this came to your attention, what you saw and what your thoughts were. What happened? What do so you see? Yeah, I'm 12 hours ahead of y'all.
0: And so we're having this conversation at 9 a.m. your time, 9 p.m. my time. And so I was getting for school this morning and kind of saw what popped off. And for me, it is just so reminiscent of so many things that we've seen happen with law enforcement, both in Tacoma, in Seattle, and around the region over the last period. Here's the thing. The law enforcement officer was allegedly summoned to the scene because students or adults, young adults, whomever, doing burnouts in the road represents a potential public safety hazard. And so they're doing burnouts. And by the way, for like Tacoma folks, if you don't know the geography yet, like the Dorky's intersection. Don't get me started on that, by the way. Dorky's racist. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so they're doing burnouts. And because the burnouts represent a potential public safety hazard, because there could be an accident, law enforcement comes in. And we go from a potential hazard to an absolute hazard. And this is the issue that I want to talk about and I want to hammer right now is that this is another example of the escalatory presence of law enforcement in our communities. Police officers in this community in particular, but around the country, treat the people they're supposed to serve like they are an occupying force. Like this is colonization and these jabronis come traveling in from Gig Harbor and from Sumner and from Bonnie Lake and from White River and from wherever they live. So they don't have to live around the people they serve and they treat the people they're supposed to serve and protect like shit. Mm -hmm. And I am going to call it out loudly and clearly that the city of Tacoma and in particular the city manager has failed to provide oversight to local law enforcement. And I'm going to just plant my flag in the sand right now that if you are listening to this episode and you are a member of the city council, whether you are a friend of mine, whether I've campaigned for you before, whether I've had you on my show before, if you do not call for the city manager to resign or be terminated, I will do everything possible to oppose you in the upcoming election. And if you're termed out, I will oppose you in your next race. I am not playing with these goddamn police no more.
2: Yeah. Well, you said last night, Uh, this is the this is the red line.
0: No, oh, no, no! Absolutely. So, 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 you all, so you all are the lawyers, and you're absolutely right about about risk avoidance and what the city manager and what the council is doing. I am the political actor and I am seeing a lack of leadership from elected officials. Mm-hmm. I am sick and tired of Chris Beale being dead silent on things. I love Keith Blocker. I don't hear Keith Blocker on this thing right now. And if Keith comes out with something, I will take this back and shut up and eat my words. I have had Victoria Woodards on my show. I have great affection for, for Victoria. I have not seen a statement from her. Here's my point. Here's my point. The police department had a statement out in front of the media within an hour. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. If the police department could have a statement from the community, which lied, by the way, as they are often want to do within an hour, where are my elected officials in the community?
1: Mm-hmm. I do want to shout out to Juana Noble, newly elected official, who is the only elected that as of 9 a.m. Sunday morning, I have seen make a statement about this and make a clear statement that this is unacceptable. I want to throw in a few perspective things on what Nate was talking about about what was happening. That cause law enforcement show because I think it's important to have the context across the country during the pandemic. We all know there's not a ton for young of things for young people to do, and so I split time between Eastern and Western Washington. I have seen this cities, small towns across the state, and I've heard about it in other areas. Kids getting together and doing donuts and showing off cars is one of the few things that can be done in a group setting right now, relatively safely. If you know anything about downtown Tacoma on a Saturday night, that part of town is dead in a, on a Saturday night in Tacoma in the pandemic crickets. There's no innocent. There's no other cars going down Pacific to that part of town at, on a Saturday night at this point in time. So we're not talking about blocking traffic. We're not talking about anything that is causing any impediment to anyone else. Is it, you know, a relatively dumb kid thing to do? Yes. Is it a immediate death penalty crime? Absolutely not. And it's, I think, important in context to take a look at who that crowd was. It was predominantly young men of color, and I saw a car that was displaying the Mexican flag out the window that had gone through the intersection not long before the law enforcement officer mowed down the citizens. You could very clearly tell that the crowd was predominantly young people and young people of color, and that, to me, gets to Nate's point about people who are not from Tacoma being charged with protecting and serving Tacoma and the viewpoint that this is an acceptable way to act. To mm-hmm. to step back and say, when Nate said the police statement lied, I 100% agree. Mm-hmm. If that officer intentionally backed the car up, could have kept backing the car up because at no point was the car surrounded. Mm-hmm. There were people in front of the car and there were people on the sides of the car, but he was not surrounded. He intentionally backed up to gain the opportunity to pick up more speed before going through the intersection, rev the engine and gummed it. That's an intentional choice. And if you are that afraid of kids doing donuts, you shouldn't be a cop. You can't have a ways. You can't expect us to throw you a parade and say you're tremendous heroes. And then be afraid of kids doing donuts in the street. That part,
0: It's just that part, that part. So yes, that part. Cause here's the thing. Exactly. It. So Law enforcement demands ultimate fealty, you know, Blue Lives Matter, cops are heroes. And I understand police work is hard. Like, I understand that police work is very, very difficult. They are forced to make choices that, like, I choose not to make because that's not not how I'm wired. However, when you decide that that the way for you to get out of a situation where you feel afraid is to drive a car through the people you're supposed to serve and protect— when you're there in the first place because there's a safety issue, like, what are we doing here? Like, what are we doing? It's, it's completely indefensible, completely indefensible. Let me,
1: let me, you're just run the you safety through. issue. You're the safety no. issue. Right. You the the officers are the safety issue.
0: It, so let me run you through, through a scenario really fast. I, I am a black male. I see law enforcement as a threat all the time. I am back home in the United States this summer. I'm in my rental car. An officer pulls me over to the side of the road. The officer and I start having a disagreement. He starts reaching for his handgun. He's isolating the situation. I'm like, oh shit, I got to get out of here. And I accelerate and I plow through a bunch of pedestrians because I have from for my life. Am I going to get away with that? Is the right wing going to defend me? Are the city is the city manager going to say, oh, this is un- no, no. And so like just on its face, the argument being presented by the cop is ridiculous. And the argument being presented by an was law enforcement is ridiculous. Like this situation is egregious and the officer needs to be held accountable. And I ain't trying to hear nothing or nobody else. Full stop.
2: Mm-hmm. Would you both agree? Did you both see that the what I saw, which is uh, the SUV surrounded by you know well not surrounded, I agree with Shannon not people behind them backs up and accelerates forward with intentionality that this was a very deliberative you know fuck them I'm out of here and I don't really give a shit if I run people over
1: in fact I'm going to be happy if I run these people over because I view them as animals
0: yeah and once step and further I, I, I
1: think No, oh, go ahead yeah. oh sorry Let's also talk about there was a moment when that officer feels bodies under his wheel Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and he chose to accelerate again. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: There's an issue with law enforcement training when law enforcement officers are told repeatedly that essentially, if you are able to convince a jury or a judge or your superiors that you quote unquote feared for your life, then you can act with impunity and all these law enforcement officers who fear for their life have murdered Tamir Rice, have murdered Breonna Taylor, and now have run over a crowd of citizens in my city and have choked to death Manuel Ellis. Like, <laughs> this is grown folks' work, and you cannot walk around saying I fear for my life all the damn time and use that excuse to deliver violence to people with impunity. Like the, the the actions here are beyond the pale, and the city needs to act immediately. Immediately. I don't want to hear any of this like, oh, the officer's on leave under investigation, because here's what here's what you have. You're going to have an investigation by the Pierce County Sheriff's Department and the Pierce County Sheriff's Department and the uh, city of and, and Tacoma Police Department are basically Peter Parker and Spider-Man. There's no difference.
2: Yeah. One thing that always comes to mind for me when we talk about the Tacoma Police Department is that Tacoma, in its collective bargaining agreement, intentionally agreed to pay its police officers more than any other city in the state. It is it is a attachment to the collective bargaining agreement that should there be any salary increase for Seattle, Everett, Bellevue, um, Vancouver, or Spokane, should any of those cities get an increase, automatically Tacoma salaries will go up to, more, to pay more. And the thought behind it was, we have to do this in Tacoma to attract people because people don't want to be police officers in Tacoma. So we have to provide this incentive. That is A, not true. And B, the messaging that sends is this. The population of Tacoma is more dangerous than any other city in the state. This job is going to be harder than any other job in the state. You may need to make decisions and take actions that you might not need to take elsewhere because of the danger of Tacoma. And all of that feeds into this mindset of, I am an occupier, as Nate says. I am someone who needs to deal with this wild lawless city. And whatever I need to do is always going to be the right thing to do. So there's a fundamental flaw in our Tacoma Police Department and its relationship with the citizens of, of the city.
1: And it's a long standing problem that our city council knows about, that our city manager knows about in a town that has a horrendous history of behavior by the city manager to protect law enforcement that leads to terrible outcomes and liability for the city. My initial introduction to understanding the Tacoma Police Department and the Tacoma city manager was when I was living in Tacoma and David Brain was the police chief and he murdered his wife. And then it came to light that he had been using his office and his co and his colleagues to stalk and harass his wife. And that the city manager was complicit in hiring and continuing to have somebody on the force who everybody knew was incapable of doing the job and who was dangerous. And that created, first, a terrible tragedy with the death of Crystal Brain. But also, the city ended up holding the bag liability-wise. And Nate mentioned the murder of Manny Ellis. And I'm going to say, in the land of law, as you know, Evelyn, we know that there's this concept of notice. When does an entity have noticed that it has a problem and therefore it triggers their obligation to act to prevent foreseeable harm? The Tacoma Police Department is on notice that it has a problem. The Tacoma City Manager is on notice that she has a problem in her department and she is not acting to address those concerns and when elected officials Speak out and say this is unacceptable, as far as I can tell, the union is pushing them into silence instead of being leaders. And I understand that our current city manager's background is being the city attorney and the city risk manager. And I've had that role of being the general counsel and risk manager of a public entity in Tacoma. And that's a different role than being a leader. Your job as a leader is to consider information about risk management and liability and lead regardless. You cannot lead from the perspective of liability and risk management. And that was a great lesson I learned over time working with some really fantastic leaders who understood and made it clear to me that my job as the lawyer and the risk manager was to make sure they were fully aware of the consequences of their choices and they were then going to lead. I would say Art Jarvis, who is a rabble rouser in an old man costume, was the first superintendent I had who really made it clear to me that my job was to make sure he was aware of what the risks were, but his job was to be the leader. And sometimes doing the right thing meant that you took a risk. And in this circumstance, not doing anything is actually creating liability for the city. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna be in a position where they find themselves on the end of a federal or state lawsuit like is happening up in Seattle. Yeah, the, the Seattle Police Department is, is under multiple different federal orders, a federal monitoring and consent decree, a federal injunction that they're now in contempt of, and then the subject is the civil suit that we've brought. Tacoma doesn't need to be that. And what happened last night is not Tacoma values. Everything needs to change about policing in Tacoma. First and foremost, our officers need to be primarily products of Tacoma. And we need to have that as a job pipeline available to our Tacoma youth. It's a great job to have if that's what your interests are. I think the best people to protect and serve our community are people from this community. Mm -hmm. There are law enforcement and criminal justice programs at TCC. There's a law enforcement track at UW Tacoma. It was a law and policy track at UW Tacoma that I think blends well into being a good police officer. Let's start with building a police force that represents the city that they're going to be in. And let's make it easy for Tacoma officers to live in the city and let's make that an expectation of the job so that they're protecting and serving the community they're from, not bringing the values of white supremacy and, and truly, yeah. and I say that in the sense of we're talking about people who have, I've seen Tacoma police officers who have tattoos that reflect white supremacy, and so I'm not using that as a as a placeholder for where they live. I'm I'm using that for actual things. Let's hire people who live in this community and let them protect and serve our community. Let's change how we respond to low level things. It's my understanding that the fire department went through that intersection because as we all know, there's a fire station up the hill. Not a problem. Right? Like when did things become dangerous? Things became dangerous when T P D rolled up. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Nate, tell me a little bit about what your sense was from being in the high school setting and with students. I mean, is law enforcement something that students see as an attractive career at all? Or is our local police department kind of tainted that water?
0: So I want to make sure that I'm really transparent about this. Uh, In my time at Lincoln High School, we had three different school resource officers. And so philosophically, like I am, philosophically and policy-wise, I don't believe that police belong in schools, but of the potential police to have in schools, uh, the officers we had at Lincoln High School in my time there were among the best of the best. Like they had really great relationships.
1: Go ahead. I'm gonna pause you there. And that is because Miguel Hermosa, who was the head of security in Tacoma, who was a former band instructor, teacher, and principal, insisted on having the ability to say who know officers that he thought would be problematic. And so philosophically, again, I administered that contract, and I had huge concerns about it. But if I I was a lawyer, my job wasn't to change it. It was to implement it. But I 100% give Miguel credit for making sure that the people who were in the schools were people that were the right people to be around our kids. But that doesn't happen everywhere. No, no and Miguel's exactly. retired. Exactly. And Miguel's no, exactly. retired. So I have no idea what happens now. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's funny. Miguel was actually my vice principal in high school, too. So going back that far. <laughs> uh, so, so the SROs who were in my school in my time were good dudes. Like they were good people. And they had good relations with, with students for the most part. That said, uh, well, I'll I'll go one step further. They, especially Officer Smith, uh, Corey Smith, shouts to you if you're listening right now. uh, He would come in my classroom, and like Corey and I don't agree on politics, but like Corey is a is a is a is an honorable person, and he would stand and take and get peppered by questions from my students, and my students were always locked and loaded with questions. That was relational. Right. That, that was relational. And my kids, my kids mess with Corey, but like my kids don't mess with TPD. And that's mm-hmm. not a career path that that is not a career path that my kids and my students saw as being viable to them because of what that because what that path does in the community. And that's the thing is so in an ideal world, the profile of the person you want doing the job we give police is somewhere between a social worker and a teacher with good abs. Mm hmm. And instead, what we do is we hire people who are like ex infantry or couldn't make it in the army and the air force, and this, or well, anybody making the air force, jokes. But, but we we hire these like ex military yeah. people or like these people who couldn't make it in the military, and then essentially what we have developing in law enforcement is a disproportionately right wing. Well, actually, let me here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, put it simply, if I draw a Venn diagram of what right wing authoritarian politics look like in America today, it is uh, gun obsessed. It, it it does authoritarian cosplay, and it is uh, predominantly male. And I draw a Venn diagram of what modern, modern law enforcement looks like. It is gun-obsessed, it is obsessed with authoritarian cosplay, and it's predominantly male. Like, those Venn diagrams overlap perfectly. And essentially, what we have in local police are a disproportionately right-wing, disproportionately authoritarian, situated and feeling population who does not represent our community. Again, I just want to hammer this fact. These folks do not live for the most part in our communities. They do not live in our neighborhoods. They do not want to live around our children. And if you do not want to live around my community, you don't deserve my tax money. And so I want to echo the point that Shannon made. The first city council member to say that, one, I want the city manager to step down. And two, we want to make it a requirement or at least encourage and somehow, and, and somehow get law enforcement to be residents of our city and of our community. Number one, for the value of the community. Number two, keeping resources and taxpayer resources inside the community, then I will nod my head at them. But just there is, I'm sick of watching watching politicians behave like they are helpless mm-hmm. and victims of the actions of the people who they supervise and the people whose budgets they create. And, yeah. and well, what can we do? We can't do. What can we do? No, no. You, If you do not have the ability to change the behavior of law enforcement people who are under your supervision, then what the hell
2: are you in office for? Resign. Yeah, exactly. So I'll add to that and I'll say I have heard the city council when we've had these questions about, you know, shouldn't the police, shouldn't the firefighters be residents of Tacoma, say – Shouldn't the city employees be residents of the city? I've had them say, well, we have that as a requirement, but we have no control over whether they move out of town. And they do. And I would say, okay, good. Then what you're telling me is that the rule does not work. Have you tried an incentive? I can almost guarantee you that most people will stay in Tacoma if they're going to get 5000 a year more in salary if they live in Tacoma.
1: I'm going to just step back and say, it's an employment contract. If the term of the contract says you live in the city and you move out, you have breached the contract. I worked in public schools for, well, I'm still in education law, but I worked in in school-side education for years. The Tacoma superintendent has to live in Tacoma. If Carla moved out of Tacoma, that would be a breach of her contract, and that would be treated as such. But you're right, incentivized. It can be a stipend. It can be a higher placement on the pay scale. We are going to put you one step up or two steps up if you reside within Tacoma from where you otherwise would be on the pay scale. There are lots of ways to make this happen. And when Nate was talking about the Venn diagram, I also have to point out that law enforcement has become a generational career for rural white men. And then coming into the city to work in cities where maybe grandpa was a police officer who lived in the city where maybe grandpa was a police officer who lived in the city and worked in this in the city 60 years ago and now the generational aspect of the law enforcement is that we're coming in from grandpa pausen or uh, gig Harbor but we're becoming police officers because that's what my dad did and so it's it's a generational position of white privilege where you also, trust me the easiest way to get into a department is for your father, your brother, your uncle to vouch for you mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Let's pause here so, so we're talking about the police because when, I, when we come back I want to talk move it toward um, the leadership our elected leaders and also the city manager what their responsibilities are and what we expect from them now so we'll pause for a couple minutes.
0: This is Nate Bowling, host of the Channel 253 podcast, Nerd Farmer. When I'm not listening to podcasts, I'm listening to audiobooks, and I choose Libro FM. Libro has all the books I'm looking for with a low monthly subscription, and I'm not enriching the pockets of a certain billionaire when I use them. Here's some great reads slash listens I want you to try out on Libro. If you're an activist, check out Stacey Abrams' book, Our Time Is Now. We owe her so much after November. The least you can do is listen and hear what she has to say. For the woke or aspiring woke, check out Cast by Isabel Wilkinson. It's a revelation about our country's social system. And for the nerds among you, my people, if you haven't read The Three-Body Problem, you owe it to yourself to start right now. The entire trilogy will take you places you've never been in science fiction. Libros has over 150,000 books in their catalog. So if those aren't right for you, you'll find something you like. Listeners of Channel 253 can start the service with a two month audiobook membership for the price of one. Go to libro.fm, L I B R O.fm, and enter the code TACOMA. And we are back. Evelyn and I both want to thank you for downloading the show today. Channel 253 is a labor of love. This is a podcast network giving you stories, points of view, perspectives, conversation, voices you do not hear elsewhere. We're having a very passionate, but also honest conversation about our community and what is happening and needs to happen. If you believe in this work, I'm going to ask you to consider joining Channel 253 as a member. A membership is $4 a month or $40 a year. Shannon's a member. I'm a member. And honestly, if you're a member, there's lots of member-only benefits. Uh, Number one, we have a podcast called Off the Record, where producer Doug talks to a show host off the record about a kind of extension of a conversation. Uh, There's been some great ones recently. One with Hope and I talk about being vaccinated. But I think more important for this conversation is if you're a member, you get access to the Channel 253 Slack. And the Slack was jumping all day and all night. And so if you want to hear what's going on, if you want your finger on the pulse of the community, and if you want to be uh, at the forefront of a conversation and supporting a podcast network that is telling stories, then please go to channel253.com slash membership. $4 a month, $40 a year. Evelyn. I'm all I- The Slack channel has resulted in
1: not just this podcast happening this morning, because that's how we all got together, but Correct. understand actions being taken by the local Democrats, uh, got uh, Como to change some of its news coverage that was uh, false and misleading. So it's, it's not only a good way to stay abreast of the news, but it's a good way to know who's deeply engaged in these issues in the community and who's working on them and where you can go to support the effort. And bail money, and bail
2: money. And bail money, in this case. Bail money, indeed. So let's talk now. We've we've sort of talked about the issues we see with the TPDH, Tacoma Police Department, and how, to me, it kind of crystallized last night with that really dramatic video of the backing up and racing forward and, and literally bodies on the street tumbling from being run over. And we don't know the condition of the person who was run over. They were taken to the hospital last night. We haven't heard anything further The police said, you know, taken to the hospital with lacerations, which is without a doubt the least of the problems. They may have had cuts on the exterior that the issue is going to be interior damage, and we'll see what happens. But let's talk about Tacoma's leadership. Um, Here's the problem that I've seen for quite some time, uh, and, and I'll rest it at the city manager, but the elected officials do not get off the hook. Nobody says anything. It does, no matter what is going on, you could have, uh, you know, you could have. I think that that LNG plant burst into flames down on the tide flats, and no one would say anything because they have been told not to make comments. They have been told.
1: Aliens can walk into the city county building and plop down in the middle of a
2: meeting, and no one would say a word. And the weird thing about that is they wouldn't even take a picture of the aliens and post it out onto social media. (laughs) It's like, it's like the human impulse to say, Oh my God, there's an alien is, is repressed in the Tacoma city council. They can't even behave like normal human beings. They have been so schooled to say nothing, do nothing because the city is so afraid of doing something that would create liability. And it's, it's completely muzzled the leadership because here's what a normal city would experience last night. A normal city would experience the mayor and city council members saying, I have seen the video and it's shocking. I want a, and I call for now a full and complete investigation. I want to find out what happened, who was there, What is the training of these officers? See, at no point are you saying anything here that is creating liability. You're not saying anyone did anything wrong, but you are allowed to express your outrage to say, this is not the Tacoma that we want. We want a Tacoma where everyone is safe on our streets. And I'm going to be waiting with you and I pledge to you that as soon as I know what's going on, you'll know what's going on, okay? That's what a leader does. Have we heard anything like that from anyone other than State Senator Twana Nobles, who gets, you know, let me tell you this. I donated to her campaign before, and I will donate to it again because she is the goddamn only public official to say anything after last night. Um, I'm going to break it down
1: and say, let's talk about what happened in Seattle this summer. Let's give Tacoma an example of how one can be a leader. We saw city councilmen and women, we saw city council people, we saw county council people come down to the protest and see it for themselves. We saw very vocal elected at all levels speaking out about what they saw, what they believed, what they wanted to happen. I've known a fair number of our council people for many years. Catherine Oshka lives in my old house. Like (laughs) she was a school board director at the same time I worked for the school district. These are not quiet people. These are people who are known for their advocacy. They ran on advocacy. They're great advocates for their community. I don't know what happens when they walk through that chamber door to become these other people who suddenly have no resemblance to who they used to be other than they have been given the miss. information that to comment at all is to create liability. And that's wrong. That's not what happens. I say that as a lawyer, if I learned anything during my time working for public entities, no comment is worse than making a comment. You are better off to acknowledge or, or even in the correct circumstances, say that you are sorry, and that is better for you in the long run. There is a difference between admitting legal liability and being a leader. And being a leader allows you to say, what I saw last night was deeply disturbing. I am calling for for a full, complete, and transparent investigation. And when we get to the bottom of it, action will be taken if it's appropriate. Boom. There is zero liability in that statement. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I want
0: to draw a line. I want to draw a line here. So the line goes, the voters elect the city council and the mayor and the voters have done their job. They've elected people who said that they were progressive and were gonna be agents for change. The city council and the mayor appoint and retain the city manager. The police officers and the police department report to the city manager. That is the chain. Voters to council and mayor, council and mayor to city manager, city manager to police. That is the chain. The city council and the mayor have allowed the city manager to say nothing and do nothing about the police department. And the police department is acting with impunity and behaving in ways that are completely outside of what the community expects and demands from them. It is ultimately up to the elected officials who we elect to hold the city manager accountable. And I am calling right now on this microphone for the city council to call for the resignation of the city manager or the termination of the city manager, whichever one you want to do, I don't care. But the city can manager retire. has failed. You can
1: retire too. Let's throw that in there. Retire, right, resign, right, fire. Right.
0: But, the, but the city manager has failed the people of Tacoma. Period. 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 Period.
1: And I think yeah. it's and, and you know she was the city attorney and risk manager for many years. I don't have any real opinion on how she did those jobs, but. She does not appear to have the skill set necessary to be a leader. In fact, she's quashing leadership by leading from liability and sending the message to not talk. Ironically, last night, she issued a statement, and so did Acting Chief Aiki, but none of the electeds did, none of the leaders. And as far as I can tell, when Mayor Woodard, uh, Woodward stepped up and spoke about the murder of Manny Ellis, she got blowback and she should have gotten support. And clearly no one is doing their job as the chief of police or the city manager if months later we're only finding out there are other officers involved and our mayor doesn't know it and our city council doesn't know it. At some point, somebody has forgotten who leads the city and decided that it's the city manager and the police chief decision as to what information is shared with the leaders of the city and that's not how it works they get all the information they decide what to do based on that information it's not the city manager's job is day-to-day management of the city but it's the elected officials who guide the city they were there to make decisions the city manager is there to implement their viewpoint mm-hmm. not to tell them how to do their job not to silence mm-hmm. them not to say this is my work, you're just here as an advisory council. They're not there as an advisory council. It's just like when superintendents scare school boards into thinking that they're the person in charge. No. You are the chief executive who is here to carry out our orders.
2: That is it. I think a lot of the harm that we see, at least the harm that I see uh, right now, uh, I, can, I put squarely on the top leadership of the police department and on the city manager, and, and here's why. It's like, imagine you have a kid who's done something really bad. I mean, not just a small problem, but a big problem. They've wrecked the car. They've, you know, stolen from their neighbor. They've done something, you know, that's absolutely not forgivable. And you as the parent say to them, okay, well, we'll talk about that later. And later never comes. What has has the kid learned? Escalate. Frankly, they've learned, I have no consequences. And they also may have learned... I can do anything and maybe even I should do it worse because that's how I'll get more attention. I mean, there are no repercussions, no accountability and that's the problem with not making public comments when something has gone wrong because you, the elected official, and I would put, say the city manager in this, play, in this situation because of the role she plays in the city, you are required to make moral statements about mm. how the city operates You are required to say when something is out of bounds and unacceptable, because if you do not, if you say nothing, in this particular case, the city manager said, I think she said our thoughts are with anyone who was there and the person who's in the hospital, and this immediately is going to be turned over to the Tacoma um, Use of Force Task Force. Which caused me to think, oh my
1: God, this person, they think they're going to die. Mm-hmm.
2: But and because that's the purpose of the you right. You know, there's no moral statement. There's no statement of condemnation to say, you know, this is not the tacoma that we all seek to have. And as you point mm-hmm. out, Shan, you can say all of those things without saying it's this person's fault and take us to court now. But let me assure you as well, not saying things does not mean you will not end up in court. You will <laughs> end up in court and you will pay. Okay.
1: Well, and you will,
2: again, you're on
1: notice. I'm going to go back to Manny Ellis for a second. As far as I understand, there's a report sitting on Bob Ferguson's desk. Why are the electeds in Tacoma not putting pressure on the attorney general's office to say, if your report is done, get it to us? Why is the city manager not putting pressure to get the information to know what, what she can do with respect to termination? And also, you know, charging decisions are for aren't within the purview, right? Because it's been handed over to somebody else in the sense of the 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 in the in the sense of like the charging decision will be made by the prosecutor's office. And right, no,
2: charging decision in this particular case, since the Pierce County prosecutor opted out and said she was conflicted out because Pierce County police, I think that the criminal investigation charging decision goes to the attorney general's office and the attorney general's office does have a criminal division that gets used for weird situations like this. Gotcha. But
1: either way Mm -hmm. separating out whether these people should be charged with a crime, there is an HR issue. Mm -hmm. You can give that investigation over if it's done to the city so they can fire some people. Mm -hmm. So I want to see, all of those Tacoma elected, if this report is done and if it's with Bob Ferguson and he's making his charging decisions, put pressure on him to get the investigation so they can use it for other purposes like HR purposes. Because we should understand how it came to be that Manny Ellis was murdered and that the information about how he was murdered was kept from our leadership and from our citizens. Because that, to me, is the notice at least the most recent set of notice that the city council, the mayor and the city manager have been put on, that they have a serious leadership problem in the Tacoma police department. If all of this came as a surprise to them when they did learn about it, they're on notice now.
2: Mm -hmm. There's, There's
0: two points. There's two points that are worth making right now is that when the city council members and the mayor do not say anything to the public, it creates an information vacuum. And into that information vacuum in every incident comes the spokesperson from the Tacoma Police Department who is going to give the version of the story, whether it's factual or not, that is most beneficial to the law enforcement officer involved in the case. And then right wing media and right wing forces on social media are going to spin, 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 spin spin a version of the case, whether it's true or not, that is the benefit of law enforcement. And then you spend the next 24, 48, 72 hours re-educating the public about what actually happened. To Shannon's point, there was a story on Como that had an image of a police vehicle with the windows kicked out. The vehicle in question did not have the windows kicked out. And so essentially there's a right-wing cop apologist propaganda wing that is operating in local media that has and operates in a, that operates because the city council has abandoned the space and abandoned the public square. And their refusal to comment basically allows law enforcement propaganda. and the public information officer— to engage in propaganda and misinform the public, and then we spend months not knowing what actually happened. That is what happened with Manny Ellis, and that is what happened in this case.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and, and you saw it already last night. Um, the statement that Chief Ake put out specifically mentioned um, that the body of the vehicle, the police vehicle, was being damaged. You know, calling it the body of the vehicle, I thought it was very telling. It's every mm-hmm. they have they have good word twisters at the police department, right? Every nuance was being twisted to make it sound like the officer was in fear and took action because of that fear. Now, that is not what I saw on that video. And as Shannon has shared uh, you know, in our uh, Slack channel, there's no way people pounding with fists are going to get through any police uh, windshield. It's too thick. And even if they were able to crack it, it's safety glass. So it's all just not true. But you're right, Nate. Because no one else is talking, they get to control the narrative.
1: Well, the and, and the more to the point. The yeah. body that was involved last night were the bodies being run over. And frankly, I was surprised that Achy's, Chief Ake's statement didn't go to the point of saying, and then individuals found themselves to be under the car because it was so disenfranchised and so separated from reality. A police officer backed up his car, revved the engine, floored it, and continued after he felt bodies under his wheel, and left the scene. Didn't render aid, didn't stop. So let's, let's, let's just start with that. And if you are so fearful that that is your choice instead of a number of other choices I saw, keep backing up because no one was behind you. Pull over to the curb. Turn your lights and sirens on. By the way, they've said his lights and sirens are on. His lights are on, his siren was not. He was hitting the eh, eh, eh button and call for backup. Move slowly through the crowd and those are all acceptable choices that you could make instead of revving the engine, gunning it, running over people, and putting your foot down harder to get over the bodies that you were running over
0: in additional choices, step out of the vehicle and have a conversation with the community you serve. And the fact that, the fact that for Tacoma Police Department, like that never even occurred is demonstrative of the problem. I'll go one step further. There were arrests made last night. So the officer that ran somebody over slept in their bed just fine. They went home and slept. But, Two people who went down to the site afterwards, one from uh, Tacoma Action and one from Tacoma Protest Daily, were arrested and put in jail for obstructing officers. Come on, man. Come on. So so again, this is the damage that city council and the mayor are doing by not. By not coming to the scene, by not being present, making statements, they are allowing police to shape the narrative. So now the narrative on right-wing media is this wasn't car racing. This was a violent Black Lives Matter protest. Mm -hmm. And in the protest, the officer was being assaulted in fear for his life. And then afterwards, protests and agitators were arrested for, for attacking the officers. When in actuality, people who were filming what was happening and filming the investigation that they felt was being done in a basically a cursory, like not thorough manner, were arrested for no reason and put in jail. And by the way, if you're telling me that it's just a coincidence that the two people are arrested were people who have been organizing, leading protests all summer, like just a coincidence, man. Like I may have been born yesterday, but I stayed up all night.
1: Okay, so what I'm doing after we get done with this podcast is going through the Tacoma Municipal Code because one of the things we found out this summer when we when we initiated the the action against the city of Seattle is the city of Seattle actually has a municipal code that prevents law enforcement from making arrests based on point of view basically a civil rights a city version of civil rights that are to protect uh citizen protesters and i want to see the same thing happen in tacoma if there isn't one because clearly people were arrested based on their viewpoint if we have learned nothing this summer police response to those who speak out about police brutality being brutal repression of those who protest gets us nowhere. You can't solve the problem of police brutality by engaging in police brutality and arrest of those who are saying, you gotta stop doing this. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Nate, bring uh, bring us through the end.
0: Well, here's the thing is 18 days ago at the U.S. Capitol, we saw law enforcement outnumbered show amazing restraint, amazing restraint against protesters who are white. Last night, we saw a law enforcement officer who introduced himself into a situation, who created a hazard, panic, and run multiple people over, including one person with serious injuries because they were afraid. So I am really struck by, and I want people to think about the situations where law enforcement officers know when to hold them, and then the situations where law enforcement officers go all in. And I will really want us to think about like how color coded and clearly racist that is. All right. So here's the thing, y'all. You can't
1: use a seven hundred, uh, you cannot use a seven thousand pound to eight thousand pound vehicle as a battering ram because you're angry that people aren't clearing the streets fast enough
0: facts only facts only so we tend to end shows here with a thing called here hold this l hold this l see this is a crossing division nerd farmer crossover and so it's all over the place now um uh, ladies i'm going to snatch the mic from evelyn and i'm going to go to you two uh, you get to decide one person who needs to hold an l for a while and i'm going to take the city council and the city manager off the table <laughs> <laughs> so who is somebody and who my, my needs holding the L was long? gonna
1: be Elizabeth Pauly. Sorry, I gotta come up with somebody else, but that was my holding the L. All
0: right. Auntie F how about you while she's thinking about it.
2: Okay, I'll say this. This is a city problem, but we haven't heard from our local legislators other than Twana also. So I would say when we have something like this that by the way is hitting all the national news. Everyone needs to get out on it. Republicans, Democrats, because right now it looks like, you know, Tacoma has a big black eye. So who's going to fix that? Haven't heard from the chamber. Haven't heard from legislators other than Twana Nobles. Haven't heard from the county council. Haven't heard from the city council. It's Sunday. Hope to see that change.
1: Shout out to the Tacoma Urban League who did say something last night.
2: Okay, in absence of who got the
1: natural hold the L here, I'm going to go with the communications professionals at the police department and the city. Come on. Come on. Try harder. Be honest. Be fair. You can say all the things I said as an example earlier and do your job well, or you can be And if you're putting out statements like that and you believe that that's appropriate public communication, you need to go get another job.
0: Uh, Shannon, if people want to follow you on the socials or your work elsewhere, where should they look?
1: Uh, I am pretty darn active on Twitter. And my Twitter handle is... um, easy to find because it's uh, S.M. McMinnemy, my last name, and we'll throw it in the show link, but I'm, I'm pretty darn active on the Twitter, so that would be the best place to follow me. And then uh, my law firm is Peter Law, P-L-L-C, and you can keep track of what we're doing related to uh, civil rights and protesters uh, in all of your local news media outlets. And uh, if you really want to know what I think about a lot of things, Join Channel
2: 253
0: and hop on this Slack channel. <laughs> Evelyn, thank you for co-hosting. Doug, thanks for producing. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're not a member, think about joining. If you are a member, we appreciate you. Wakanda forever, y'all. Channel 253 is a member-supported podcast network. I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I'm asking you to become a member and show your support. Go to channel com slash membership to join. Thank you. Nerd Farmer is part of the Channel 253 podcast network. Check out our other shows. Interchangeable White Ladies, Give Me the Mic, We Art Tacoma, Move to Tacoma, Taco
1: Man, Flounder's B Team, Crossing Division, Citizen Tacoma, and What Say You? This is Channel 253.